0: My concentration is about the domestication of women throughout history. Um I was really attracted to that idea because I've just always heard about like domestication is like a huge thing in like the 1950s, like it was kind of really like idolized. <laughs> and um one of my like biggest fears was becoming like a trophy wife or being like a stay not necessarily like a stay-at-home mom but really more like a trophy wife of not really having any purpose other than like having kids and taking care of the house which I understand people who like there's people who want that to be their life but that's just personally not what I wanted um and so in my concentration I have gone through as much as history as I really can trying to find photos um to re- like represent different cultures and different time periods. So the earliest one that I have is ancient Greek, uh, is an ancient Greek statue, and then the most recent one I have is a uh, power suit from the 80s. And it's just, I don't know, I was just really attracted to the idea of like nobody being in the clothes to kind of represent that it's everybody and it's not necessarily geared towards one specific type of person or race of people, so yeah.
1: So you're doing it all through like kind of like the perspective of like fashion kind of and like being yeah. kind of like that gender norm of like what is like a men's piece and what is like a woman's piece and just letting it kind of breathe on its own?
0: Yeah, so um just in case like my you haven't seen my paintings, they're just clothes with no body in them, like a full outfit. And I really like you said, try to get for the clothes to speak through to themselves and it's kind of hard, though, because, like, when I find my reference photos and I'm looking for a specific culture, talk like, to paint or whatever, it's really hard because when I first started looking up photos, I would be like, oh, like, photos from, of women's fashion from the 1930s or whatever, and it would only be, like, white women, mm-hmm. and that was something that I didn't want to, even though there's nobody in the clothes, it was really important for me to represent as many people as I can, so... I had to like specifically look up like African American women's fashion, nineteen sixties, like that kind of a thing, and really like look for the photos to represent as many people as I possibly can. And let the even though the clothes might not necessarily give tells to what kind of person they are, mm-hmm. that was just important to me personally, even though it doesn't necessarily show in the paintings.
1: I think it's really interesting though that like you're using clothes as a medium to kind of dissect gender norms because a lot of the times I think that it's kind of like conditioned and innate in the way that we see clothes like oh this is like a woman's piece or oh this mm-hmm. is like a men's piece. And I think that's kind of like interesting because in a way it's like the way that you're saying like to be domesticated by clothes in a way mm-hmm. like you're entitled to like live up to the standard that that clothes is kind of associated with or like you think of an idea or like there's some predisposed notion that's associated with that piece and therefore you think that you're supposed to live up to that stereotype in a way. But with your art, do you think, like, what's, like, the main message that you're trying to get through with leaving, like, some ambiguity between the idea of, like, this clothes isn't associated with a person, either is it associated with, like, the stereotype of what it's supposed to be?
0: I think that it's kind of hard because I think that the root of my idea was so personal, and I'm sure there's other people who don't also don't want to be like a trophy wife or be just specifically like um, a stay-at-home mom. So it's kind of hard for me to say that there's like something that every single person or woman can relate to looking at my art, but I hope that when people view it and if you like reading my artist statement and like kind of understanding what the motive behind it was, to it's more to realize that that has been an issue of like gender norms throughout history. And even so that they're still kind of present and letting the clothes kind of articulate that it's constricting, but it's also like freeing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But another part of it is that all of my paintings are on um, household fabrics. So two of them are on tablecloths and the rest of them are on various curtains that I've cut up. And that was a choice that I made because I always thought that like tablecloths and curtains, they're always super light and airy, kind of like representing fem- femininity. And I thought that that was kind of the perfect medium to have the paintings on to kind of go along with that point. But like, it's just, I want people to see the domestication more than like a, an agenda other than that, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I like taking like a historical kind of perspective into it, which is really interesting seeing how, I guess, like, feminism has evolved from, like, where, like, you started your pieces in and Mm -hmm. kind of, like, kind of that idea of femininity then and then being, like, the person that you are now living in, like, the modern age, like, how is it that, like, you see kind of, I guess, not only clothing evolve but, like, women being empowered to kind of, I guess, like, retake their own, I guess, identity through clothing, like, how do you see, like, the intersection of, like, where feminism was when, like, you first started, like, your oldest
0: inspired piece to, like,
1: I guess, today in the perspective that you hold?
0: When I was looking into the more ancient ones, I was kind of looking into women's rights of that society. And obviously, it's not surprising that women didn't really have any rights back then, but it was interesting just to kind of see because... So, for example, like the ancient Greek one, women weren't allowed to own their own property. They were married. They had arranged marriages, whatever. But it was kind of this two-sided coin of in like the I don't want to necessarily like say political but like in the everyday life women didn't really have much but with the goddesses were so highly respected and like the image of a very like feminine powerful woman was so was held at such a high standard in that society that it was kind of interesting to see the dichotomy of that like with clothes I think that now people are a really big thing is that women are embracing their femininity and wearing hyper-feminine clothes because they want to take back that, uh, like, power of being a woman. And I think that that's awesome. But I, it's weird because when I was a little girl, it was always, like, oh, you want to be a tomboy. Like, you want to be big and strong. Like, you don't want to be girly like the other girls, yeah. like that kind of a thing. And so I feel like that's a, lot of, a thing that a lot of girls – go through is that they go through a phase of it's not cool to be girly it's you have to be like you have to go play tag yeah. and tackle football with the boys at lunch you don't want to go play house on the tennis courts or whatever like
1: I'm not gonna lie like I feel like I remember going through that stage and just thinking that it was like weak to be a girl like I yeah, just remember thinking exactly. like it's not cool to like go into that field like I want to like play soccer and I want to like go on like the monkey bars and like show them how far I can go because yeah. like, I'm not weak like that like it's like I don't know why, but, like, somehow, when I was, like, in fourth grade, I was already, like, like conditioned to think, like, it was weak to, like, give in into the idea of being, like, feminine.
0: Yeah. Like that. That's exactly, it. yeah, that's that was a huge thing in this, and also, like, with me personally, is that I went through this phase of, like, it wasn't cool, like, it wasn't good to be a woman, and it's, like, it, that was conditioned into... My mentality, especially being in um a sport that was so male, like centric, because I used to race motocross and like you barely see any girls in that sport, and so, it was like you didn't want to be a girl, like you had to be, you had to race out, you had to race like the guys, you had to hit the jumps like the guys, you had to hit the bit like do as go as fast as you can to beat the boys, and which that's uh I think it's tricky because that was a really harmful. A mindset to have to really hate your own femininity, but also then it gave me the strength to be willing to stand up for myself and kind of acknowledge that I'm a strong person. Which it didn't have good roots of completely trying to push away my femininity and be as much of a guy, be one of the boys as yeah. I possibly could. But it, I think that it's it's not good that we that a lot of girls have gone through that that idea. But personally, I think it's encouraging because we go through that and then you get to the point you're like well it's not bad to be a woman and like, you
1: I feel like it's weird because I think that at one point I start thinking like what is like actually me because I know that there's parts of me that enjoy being like rough and like fun like that but mm-hmm. then it's also part of me is like I know that this is tied to like me actually wanting to repress that idea and not even like entangle myself in any ideas of like femininity and then like you go through like middle school and you're kind of thinking about like what is it that I want to do or like who is it that I want to be perceived as and it's no longer like I'm trying to be like different and I'm trying to like I don't know if it's more so like this is like a completely different tangent but the idea of like pleasing like the male gaze Mm -hmm. or more so just not wanting to be perceived as like feminine like I feel like those are two very different things because I feel like pleasing the male gaze it requires you to indulge in femininity whereas mm-hmm. like actually rejecting that part of femininity and being more so like you said like like the boys or whatever isn't so much pleasing the middle gaze because then that would be like contradictory to like what the male gaze is if yeah. that makes sense but it's just like a weird idea of like thinking about like well then who am I actually like. At my root, because mm-hmm. I'm being conditioned by either like the male gaze or like rejecting femininity. But like, what is it like actually, like
0: intrinsically myself? Yeah, it's so hard because I feel like like women are supposed to like everybody has their own aesthetic. Like you have like, cottage core, dark academia, True. um, like alt indie, like that kind of thing, all targeted towards a specific aesthetic that people feel like they have to push themselves into. Be- I mean, it's fine to like that, and it's, that's, what they, that's why they enter the, like, dressing in the sort, a specific aesthetic. But for me personally, I think that there is, like, the uh, mindset of pleasing the male gaze by dressing, like, femininity mm-hmm. or, like, the bimbo aesthetic kind yeah. of a thing. And I think that that's awesome that people are embracing their femininity and kind of casting aside the, uh, st- the notion that it's only for male gaze. Right. So, like, I have a really big thing with my personal style of, like, I acknowledge that some days I do want to look really feminine, but then some days I also want to look rough, and or not rough, but, like, yeah, no, no, no. not necessarily hyper-feminine. And I think that that's a huge thing, and it's really interesting to see people, like, go from one end of the spectrum to the other, and I agree that there's, like, that, the root of well, I don't want to dress feminine because it's pleasing the male gaze, but I also don't want to dress rough to reject my femininity because I acknowledge that I am a woman and I want to be, I want to be a woman. I don't want to be like, and not necessarily in the way of like a transgender person, but just in the...
1: No, it's like you don't want to like carry the notions of like being weak that are associated with femininity, but you still want to indulge in like the pristine kind of idea of like being feminine like that. But you know that there's like connotations of being like weak and emotional, but then it's like also like is it so bad to be weak and emotional? Like, what right. is it that makes it bad to be weak? Is it that it's tied to being a woman or is it that it's just inherently weak? Like, it's like, I don't know, a lot of intersecting ideas that all go back to, like, the
0: way that people are perceiving women originally. And it's the same thing, like, uh, men are expected to not show emotions. Like, it's not, it's- it's. But we're all, like, human. Like, the idea that yeah. there's a difference, it's a difference
1: between, like, the man and, like, a woman it's like sure there are like biological differences and like they're studying differences between like the way our brains work, but it doesn't well, at the end of the day we're both human. Mm. we both experience things similarly in different ways. So to think that like one human is more emotional, like why is it that we've conditioned it to be that way? Yeah, exactly. And it's then I think about, well, if I think of like emotion as weakness and it's tied to women, is that just something that's just been like I don't know like you said like domesticating women from actually like embodying their full potential in a way and i think that kind of ties to like today's idea of feminism just because like a lot of the times people think that it's like not like weak but like unnecessary to indulge in like feminism today just seeing how far and, like how many miles have been broken for women's rights but at the same time like. I don't know why but i feel like it's weird to like champion yourself as like a feminist today because it's deemed as unnecessary like you think that like you have everything and like you're going to be okay and maybe it sounds like very like picky to like think on social settings that are like i feel like i don't know at a disposition here like i don't know if anyone else feels that way but like sometimes like saying like i don't know that you indulge in like feminism that like you want to be like equal like today just feels like unnecessary because, like, people know how far, like, things have come. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of how I feel sometimes.
0: I, I think, think it, de- oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I just want to bring up, like, I think it's just so normalized
1: that, like, women are, like, these emotional beings and, like, that time of the month, that, like, little excuse, um, like, the quote, like, happy wife, happy life, yeah. like, mm-hmm. like, if you make a girl happy, like, she's not going to strike back at you. I just think that, like, every single little thing that involves, like, just that ideology that women are more emotional and that you need to please them in order for them to like not be
0: like a mad woman. Like, yeah, Yeah. but anyway,
1: no, yeah, I just think you're bringing up a good point. Like it's almost like deemed embarrassing to be a feminist just because of like how much bashing they get on social media and just like regular, any media like news today. It's weird to see like how that's evolved because it used to be like purely because of the idea of like women championing like equal rights Mm -hmm. and now it's deemed as like people bash on feminists because it's like unnecessary you already have your right what more could you need but it goes far beyond that I think it goes into like the social setting and how we perceive women and it kind of like sees its way in there but just because like you have the bare minimum of like some writing and legislation saying that you can vote and have a voice
0: doesn't necessarily mean that you're always going to have your voice heard yeah i think it's it's really hard because i think the reason that feminism is so kind of negative in media or just with other people is because there's the notion of like the feminazi like the the feminist who literally when they say literally kill all men like they literally mean like the world would be better without men and it's hard because the people who kind of have a less well articulated opinion on the matter it it damages the what everybody else is saying because yeah we've come so far in women's rights of what we're allowed to do and what we're allowed to have but in reality there's still like a there's still gender inequality i mean it's signi- like the gender pay gap is still a huge thing like that's not that hasn't been solved yet it's not completely equal and in position like high positions of power in like Fortune 500 companies like the top 8 companies none of them are led by women it's like a crazy statistic and it's the same thing in art i uh, let's see i just found i found like a crazy statistic in U.S. Eighteen major U.S. art museums. They found that their collections are eighty-seven percent male, and of those eighty-seven, of that eighty-seven percent of male, eighty-five percent of the men are white, and so, it's. They're not. Women aren't represent aren't as equally represented, on any crop like any span of the field. And when I was looking up like the gender equality in art, it's insane, yeah. about like what statistics they've they found, so starting to like fact spiel, but I thought this, I thought these two were really cool or like interesting. Yeah. So three of the most mus- visited museums in the world, the British Museum the Louvre and then the Met have never had female directors and like uh, curators or anything like that. And so somebody, I, I mentioned this to somebody and they said, whoa, what's the statistic of women applying for the job? And I was like, okay, that's that's a fair point. But mm-hmm. also, I highly doubt that there's never been a woman who has applied for that job in the entire history from seventeen fifty-three.
1: Well, I feel like it also goes back like thinking of it like at the top of like all how there's not enough representation of like women CEOs or whatever, I feel like it's easy to think of that, but then also how that trickles down to like the modern common woman. Why isn't it that women aren't seeking more opportunities to go ahead and try and attain that? Is it that there's some sort of dispositions that are like that they're encountering that aren't allowing them to actually exceed that is it social is it psychological or is it just innately like true that like maybe women aren't getting those positions and like I think like it's a weird dichotomy because like sometimes people think of like meritocracy and like do you actually deserve that and is that based on like the merit that you're putting in or is it actually like your gender and it's like really hard to like dissect that Mm -hmm. but I think that there's also like different things in like the workplace that like women encounter that like I don't know if some people don't really think about, like, constantly, like, questioning and having to, like, prove yourself, but I feel like that's a thing that, like, everyone kind of experiences. I don't know if it's more so just, like, a thing of, like, being a woman, but also, I don't know, just constantly being anxious. I think another thing to touch on, though, right now, though, I find it very interesting, kind of, like, the way a lot of people are tackling the 97% statistic that just recently came out. Uh um were they in the uk because like there's a whole thing where like uh there was a woman named sarah everard who was walking home from like a pub i believe and then she was kidnapped and like killed and within like the time span that she was killed and kidnapped brutally raped and they found the person who was committing this act to be one of the policemen Mm -hmm. within the um, region that she was living in and then they conducted a study and found that 97 of per, 97% of ninety-seven of women in the UK reported that they had been sexually assaulted. However, that sexual assault uh, kind of includes catcalling all the way to like physical actual rape. Mm-hmm. And this was conducted only on 1,000 women. So it's not necessarily representative. And a lot of people are taking to it like 100, I mean, the 1,000 people isn't like representative of an entire population. It's not necessarily accurate to call catcalling sexual assault. Um And then other people are saying that, I mean, I don't think, I, I don't know, do people think that, like, cat coins like, cool or, like, that it feels, like, I don't, I, if anything, it makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't think, yeah, no. Um, but also that, like, should it even be that high to begin with? Why, I mean, I think both sides are saying, like, it shouldn't be that high to begin with. one saying that it's inaccurate, the other's saying that, like, just out of like empathy and like humanity like it shouldn't be that high that Mm -hmm. 97 percent of women are reporting that they're sexually assaulted and then it also goes back to the idea that like women are tied as objects if people are reporting that high of numbers that they're thinking that they're only a body.
0: I think that um since that statistic has come out and I understand the the argument that oh a thousand percent isn't enough to release that as like a, a reliable statistic but I think the issue is is that a thousand people, a thousand women were surveyed, and 97% of them report. And yeah, a catcalling would range from that, but most of the time, at least from experiences that I've heard, people, I don't know a single woman who hasn't been catcalled, but also. And it also ranged. They included, like, if you've been, like, Snapchatted for, like,
1: nudes, or if, like, random people have, like, slid in your DMs, sending you unsolicited pictures yeah.
0: unwantedly. Like, it included that as well. So I yeah. That. But since that statistic came out, like, I hate to take it back to TikTok, but God, on TikTok, I've seen, I don't even know, probably like 200 videos since that statistic was, it's been trending on TikTok since probably the middle of this week or the weekend. Mm -hmm. I've seen at least 200 videos of women's telling, like sharing their stories about, and it's not just being catcalled on their way, like when they're in the mall, it's women are reporting that like
1: being followed or like actually like having conversations with people and not knowing how to get out of them because like you don't feel safe but it also isn't safe for you to like run and go out Mm -hmm. because you're alone but also the idea of like constantly having to think am I going to use pepper spray or am I going to carry like I don't know like a key in between my hands late at night is it too late to get gas or like it's always like those ideas and it's like why is it that like I have to think that and why is it that we can't do it the other way in which people just don't I don't know like
0: Actually assault men. Yeah. People I think ask. one of the arguments that really frustrates me personally is the not all men argument. And because in theory, yes, not all men. But I saw this, uh, ana- I heard this analogy and I thought it was absolutely brilliant. This person said in their analogy that when I knock down a nest of hornets, obviously not all of the hornets are going to sting me but i'm not going to just keep walking into it and stay right there because oh well not all of them are going to sting me the knowledge the the idea and the knowledge that i will be stung because i just knocked a hornet's nest over is what deters me from staying there and staying in that exact same spot like obviously i'm going to be fearful of the hornets that are going to sting me to it's be scared
1: of that but it's like it's not all men but it's the way that we go ahead and take like measures to prevent this from happening like mm-hmm. let's say that and I've happened here where some nude gets shared all over the football team and who goes ahead and gets punished for that or how do we handle that as a public matter do we even address that we don't so then what are we teaching to people that you don't have to be actually penalized for this and so that it yeah. isn't a big enough matter to address or where people like actually get like raped or something like it's like If we're not addressing it publicly then like how is it that it's supposed to be like validated either through like what we're teaching people or like how they're supposed to handle it like it's like i don't know i really think that like ignorance is bliss and the only way to eradicate ignorance is through education so if we're not like exposing people to like the real ideas of like what's happening then like how are we supposed to stop that yeah
0: it's it's so hard because the i totally agree with the ignorance is bliss idea is that People think that if they ignore it or a don't hear about it, that it's just not an issue and when in reality that's just not true because even if there's no media coverage of the the copious amounts of sexual assault that happens in the United States alone every single day, like the entire ten o'clock news would be dedicated to reporting sexual assaults if that's what they chose to report on but it's not a large enough or i should say an important enough statistic that we hear about it all the time and that's part of the issue is that people don't want to people don't want to talk about it because it's like an ugly statistic it's ugly to hear the fact that like women and women are assaulted every day and children are assaulted every single day which is like even worse to think
1: about that not only that but i think it goes back to like it's just been normalized in our culture to always assume that's what's going to happen if you get like entangled in like dangerous situations like that whether you go to like a party or you're just like walking alone at night like it's been normalized to assume that's what's going to happen Mm -hmm. and no one ever like really thinks about like well what are we doing to prevent that and like what is it that's tied like Psychologically, into, like, the way that people behave that allows you to be a vulnerable prime target of that. Yeah.
0: And That's some of it, like, why are women taught to carry mace, carry a seatbelt cutter, carry a window breaker on their keys when we could just address, like, and punish, like, men and people who commit sexual acts of, like, sexual crimes, but instead women are... It's like, it's crazy to think because like one of the the Sarah Everett thing, uh, one of the officials, and I don't know how like their, like I feel like it was like the equivalent of like a mayor or something, suggested that a 6 p.m. curfew being enacted for men. People went ballistic when she suggested that. And she's like, okay, but you realize that the issue would be solved if the men weren't on the streets after 6 p.m. and everybody just went like, it it was crazy. And it's just... Like that was the first time that I feel like personally I had ever seen like a, and obviously it, like that might not solve the issue completely, but cause obviously rape doesn't only happen at night, but like that, I was just mind blown to see this. Like it was so weird because I was like, why would like, that was crazy to see her suggest that, but also like, shouldn't that like so, an issue this severe should have a action, like it had to, like it should take action to be that severe or whatever.
1: I feel it's like just I that it all goes back to like really like education wise in it that like like I feel like the last time we had a talk about that was maybe like ninth grade life management we barely skimmed the idea of like what rape is and I feel like yeah. we're not talking about it enough for the amount of times that it's happening and people are reporting that it's happening.
0: Yeah and then a part of the top, the toxicity of the idea of rape is that so much people are told that the women who report rape are trying to get attention. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, you bring up you bring up rape, and automatically somebody in the room will say, well, th- the person was never convicted. Okay, just because somebody wasn't convicted of the crime doesn't mean that it didn't happen. And
1: also, it just, it's so layered in the way that, like, you have to provide evidence. Like, when you're getting entangled in, like, something like that, you're never really thinking, like, oh, well, I'm going to have to keep this bathing suit because I know that, like, when I go to court and I actually get done with this, like, I'll have at least something. Like, it's never... Mm-hmm like psychologically it's not like your priority to be thinking you're just thinking how can I get out of this yeah that's why a lot of incidents don't actually get reported Mm -hmm. because they don't want to have to deal with that whole process
0: and like I've heard I don't even countless times that the police investigation people like rape survivors often say that the police investigation is worse than the actual rape because they're forced so many times to tell their same story over and over and over again then they have to get the exam after they report it, if they report it, like right after it happens. And it's a highly invasive procedure that Mm -hmm. it just, it's such a horrible process. And I understand that there has to be evidence taken to prove that a crime occurred. But it's just it's so it's done in such a gross ma- manner. Yeah,
1: and it like makes sense like why it's like worse because you're told to like repeat this story thousands of times, something that you don't want to really relive, and then told that you're invalid for your actual like yeah. experience because you messed up one detail and now the entire case is falling apart. And it's also you're thinking I think it goes back to the idea of like how women are supposed to view men. They think that they're chasing over a man and that they're kind of like I don't know like clout chaser or whatever. Yeah. You know, I don't know, I feel like the idea of like women being dependent on men kind of seeps into that as well. But yeah. Okay.
0: Good. good talk, guys. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. Of course.